Blog Talk Radio. I definitely say what's on my mind. And I don't live with any regrets. Radio and TV broadcasting is just in my blood. I'm a Tebow. This is my DNA. And this is the Jennifer Tebow Show. And me, I'm Jennifer Tebow. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Dallas, North Texas, the United States and the world as I always say good morning to you. Today is Friday. Uh, It is November 18th, 2011, and it is 6 a.m. Central Time. Good morning and welcome to the Jennifer Tebow Show. (laughs) Like the intro said, I'm Jennifer Tebow. Uh, Just welcome. Uh, This is an exciting show. It is an extended show, so I want to say hello to all of my Blog Talk Radio fans. I appreciate you. This show is scheduled to go at least about 30, 45 minutes, Uh, but also hello to my Ustream followers. I really appreciate you logging in and checking us out. Uh, For our Ustream followers, just to let you know that we are going to make this show YouTube-friendly. I promise you, I absolutely promise you, which which means that I'll take a break right as we get to the 15-minute mark to make sure that we can get this into YouTube and these different segments. So I promise you that we will break this up into different segments. Welcome, guys. Friday morning is, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to get to the end of the week. It has been a long week. As you can tell, I feel better. I sound better. And I'm even happier because I have a special guest. Uh, that is in the studio today. I have Coach Woody Jones. Coach Jones, can you hear me? Holler if you can hear me. I can hear you. I can hear you. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, Coach Woody. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Excellent. I see. I see. I I got Coach Woody up really, really early. So, (laughs) you know, all of his players – now. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Coach Woody. Coach Woody has got to be one of the most disciplined basketball coaches that you have ever met. I mean, if you are lucky enough to be a player that has gone through his program, even gone through an hour, just 60 minutes, just touching him on his garment, right, for 60 minutes of his program, you will recognize that what you do know is Coach Woody does not play. So for all of his players that may be listening to this particular show, uh, Coach Woody's up. He was up at 515 this morning, drank his coffee. He was ready to roll because that's how players do. Is that not right, Coach Woody? That is right. Uh, get up early in the morning, try to beat the next guy from getting up and get yourself prepared. So. Uh, it's a everyday thing trying to beat the next person getting up in the morning. There you go. And that's, you know, that that's what I love about you. That's one of the things when Coach Wade and I met and we kind of swapped sports stories and you know, we, we, we both came up in our respective sports, gymnastics for me and basketball for Coach Woody, and we were the exact same way. It's what I love so much about Coach Woody, and I feel like most most youth, should have that feeling of, you know what, if you do 10 more push-ups or 10 more sit-ups, you just might be ahead of the next person. That's the that's the mentality that you need to have if you're trying to win and, and uh, be a, a competitor 
So I just have to thank you for being on the show. It's not often that I have a true competitor on the show. (laughs) That is a very, very good thing. That's a good thing. We're talking about basketball uh, this morning of all the things at 6.03 Uh uh, in the morning. So most people don't talk basketball basketball this early in the morning. Uh, for, For those of you all who are not familiar with Coach Woody. Coach Woody has been in the game of basketball. How long would you say, Coach Woody? Uh, approximately 25 years, maybe, as 25? a player, coach, and trainer. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's a long time. And that's, uh, and by the way, he's being very <laughs> No, no, no. No, he's being modest, by the way, because that 25 years is 25 years of expertise. That's not 25 years of of him touching the actual ball, right? That's not 25 years of him dominating on the court. That's a different number. I'm not going to say what that number is, but that's a different number. Thank you very much. Yeah, don't, put, don't put me out there like that, but uh, I've no, been around no, no, in a while. You know, let people know. <laughs> right, right. That's true. I definitely have the knowledge of the game, put it that way. Right. I've been around it a long time. That's exactly right. And that's what, hey, I'm equal to be proud of that. You know, I looked up and realized that my time in gymnastics, I was like, oh, Lord, that's over half my lifetime ago. I said, why? <laughs> Nobody can start quoting those numbers anymore, but those numbers are important. And, and we're going to talk about that as, as, as we get on to talk about youth basketball. But for those of you all who are dialed in or interested, and if, if you're getting ready to jump on the road and and uh, go into work, you are listening to the Jennifer Tebow Show. If you want to dial in to the show, it's very easy to do. You can dial in at 347-637-1837. Again, 347-637-1837, and that's how you can dial in and listen to the show. You can always, of course, listen to blogtalkradio.com, as well as you can go to ustream.tv and go to the Jennifer Tebow Show. That's, that's how you actually listen to the show or watch the show in in the live stream. I try to play it up on on the video. So you don't get the luxury of seeing Coach Woody, but very soon I'll have him truly physically in the studio so so you'll be able to see him too. Okay, we're going to jump right in. Now, you know, people might find it odd, Coach Woody, that we would talk basketball at this juncture, right? I mean, we're in the midst of an NBA lockout. Right. right. And I'm like, Thirsty, like I literally like my mouth is dry. I want some basketball. Like I, I mean, you were supposed to have basketball around October twenty seventh, twenty eighth. I mean, I'm just conditioned that way to have professional basketball, NBA basketball. But we don't have it. What's I mean, what's what's going on? I mean, you know, the general public says, why can't the millionaires just settle on a number and? get to entertaining us. But, you know, I know this when I covered the NFL lockout. It's so much more than that. You know, as as a former player, how do you feel about this time frame that's actually happening right now with the NBA? Well, talks and rumors have it where it may come back around February. Uh, that's the earliest. And if it doesn't happen in February, it's not going to happen, period. Uh, and it's just not looking very promising. Uh, it just seems like uh, each side seems to be locked on uh, their their part of 
the agreement, or whatever the agreement is. I'm not sure of all the details involving the agreement, um, but it's uh, it's touch and go. Uh, it doesn't look like the season is going to actually happen. And uh, for those that are thirsting for the basketball, may um, have to just turn their attention to college for the time being, which is usually an exciting uh, game, especially in March. But uh, I know everyone is still kind of hungry for the, the NBA season especially after, you know, the local Dallas Mavericks won the NBA championship. So it kind of, it's kind of putting a damper on everyone, especially in Dallas. That's right. I mean, I want the ring. I want to see the <laughs> ring ceremony. Even if I don't see it in person, I want to see the bling. Like we're being right. deprived of the bling. That's really sad. Yeah. It's really that, is, that is sad. That is sad because that's part of, you know, every season is the the opening game of the now current NBA champion. You know, so you, your your city is in a buzz. You know, especially in in Texas with the Rangers going to the World Series. You know, uh, the buzz is just here, so it kind of puts a real big damper on Dallas. You know, the city of Dallas, yep. just the fact that they finally win their first NBA championship and it's following a lockout season. You know, so. Um, Hopefully they can get that re- get this resolved fairly quickly, um, and uh, you know at least give people hope that the season will be back by uh, February, kind of like the NFL, which started you know late, but at least it started you know. So that would be. Something. You didn't bring up the Texas Rangers, did you? You ain't, you didn't hurt my heart at six oh nine Central Time. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't cut me deep like that and say you know <laughs> the Rangers didn't get it. You don't. You can't see the rings. That's pretty bad. <laughs> that is, that is pretty bad. <laughs> well, for all those that don't know, I am from Los Angeles, so you know, exactly. I was I, I was cut a little deep. I was cut a little deep when the Mavericks beat the Lakers, but uh, it be swept them even, you know. But uh, it's okay. It's all good, you know, in, in the in the fun of the game. So, gotta deal with it. <laughs> I tell you what, I was doing, I was dancing some kind of dig when, I mean, you know, not that, I mean, every victory for the Mavericks was a great victory. But right. that one in particular, that series against the Lakers, oh, my <laughs> God. And, you know, and I guess, and, and, I mean, we all know this, Kobe Bryant is such a force. He's such a talent, but he's also really cocky. And right. his attitude during that particular playoff series, it was like, oh, yeah, we got this. We're going to move past the Mavericks. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you'll see. And so, I mean, even I got this, like, you know, like cockiness, like, all right, Kobe, like I, I feel like I can get out on the court and take Kobe. Right. The Mavericks playing so well. I was like, yeah, I got next. I'm the sixth man for the Mavericks. <laughs> I mean, Mavericks just did so well. So it is sad. And if everyone remembers – that there was there was this whole controversy on the jewelry because Mark Cuban made a comment that he was not going to do the traditional rings. He was going to consider breaking the right. tradition and something else. But now he's got lots of time to think about it because to think about it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he's going to go back to rings. I think he's going to do rings. Yeah, I, I think he should do the rings. If you want to add something else involved with it, you should. But, I mean, that's just tradition. The, the ring, you know, you as a little kid, you think about that, that 
big trophy, the That's MVP right. trophy, and then the ring. You know, the, the, we had to sit there and wear one and go into the restaurant or to somewhere, and you have your NBA championship ring. So um, I'm sure the players would appreciate the ring, but knowing Cuban, he's going to come out with something additional to the ring. You know, he's, he's always got to do it first class, you know. Yeah, I think he's going to do rain covers or something like that. I, I think everybody's going to get, like, honestly, I'm I'm serious. I, I'm dead serious. I think everybody's going to get, like, a gold Range Rover or something that's just some color that you cannot get, that you can't order. It's going to be, like, like championship gold. He'll, like, name a new right. color, and that'll be the actual car. And hopefully the guys will basically garage it, and it'll become some classic vehicle. <laughs> Jennifer Tebow's show. If you want to dial in, it's 347-637-1837. I'm going to take a, a hard break. I'm going to, you know, like a 20-second timeout. I'm going to stop that segment for just a moment. We're going to restart the Ustream segment because, again, we're making these YouTube-friendly on the Jennifer Tebow show. So let me stop this recording for just a minute and get it going. Let's see, but for our people on Blog Talk Radio, again, I I, I cannot say enough about um, everyone's involvement onto the show. Uh, it has been more than a notion. Coach Wade, I don't think you realize I'm taking a little break from the actual show. And so um, to be able to uh, do the show again has been more than a notion. Okay, great. We are restarting the show. Welcome again. Welcome back to the Jennifer Tebow Show on Ustream. And again, of course, my lovely people on Blog Talk Radio, you've been listening to it solidly since 6 a.m. Central Time. I've got Coach Woody Jones with me, and we're talking all things basketball. So you were saying that Jordan 
Jordan is that players are confused, right? They thought he was a player, but now he's acting more like an <laughs> owner. And it's and 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 I've read a lot of the reports. It's kind of funny because obviously players want more of the cut. I mean, they're out there on the court. I mean, they're out right. there, blood, sweat, tears, literally blood, sweat, and sometimes tears out on the court. Uh, and they're making it happen. They're the one literally pushing the jerseys, the merchandise, everything else. So I do. I'm. I mean, I'm like a player's advocate. I do agree the players should get a greater percentage of the cut. I've always known the owners wanted a fifty-fifty split. I'm confused personally. I'm like, what did you do except for eat donuts and your wife pop bonbons? Oh, I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback on that. But I'm just saying, <laughs> what else did you do? What else did you do aside from put about three hundred million dollars? Down. Well, I mean, you got to look at it from the owner's standpoint. Um, of course, uh, I'm definitely a player advocate, but uh, looking at it from the owner's standpoint, the owners are are paying their salaries, all right, and then right. the owners also are paying the overhead of the whatever gymnasium that they're using. They're paying the, right. the cost of every employee. From the actual player down to the cowboy, down to the receptionist in the front office. Uh, I mean, it's coming out of their pocket as well. Now, granted, the players right. are pushing the merchandise and the players are drawing the fans in. So the players are are figuring that because of that, they should get a higher percentage. But the owners are taking a bigger risk because, you know, mm-hmm. they are putting a lot of, you know, they got to deal with it you know, 12 to 15 people's contracts, the coaches' contracts. So, this, so they, they got a lot going out as well. So there, there's got to become a, a, a little medium somewhere because the owners are also making a lot because of the endorsements, the TVs, you know, partnerships uh-huh. with the networks uh-huh. and everything. And that's what the players are starting to realize. It's like you're paying out a lot, but you're also getting in even more than what you started exactly. 10 years ago. So. It's a touch and go. As as I hate to keep referring back to Jordan, but when you think about mm-hmm. Michael Jordan as a player, Michael Jordan was one of the, the lowest players. I'm talking about superstar mm-hmm. players in the NBA for like the first five, ten years in his career. He didn't start becoming mm-hmm. one of the top players, you know, paid players until later towards the end of his career. So as a player, he's probably looking at it like, okay, I remember I had to go through this, you know, early on. Um, but now as an owner, he's probably figuring, like, yeah, I can see why my salary was kind of low early on in my career. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think he's trying to protect the, the longevity of the game, especially with so many people right. going overseas to play. I mean, it's not like back in the day where basketball was centrally located in the United States and most people came here right. to play. Now you can go to Europe. You, you can get okay. more money playing overseas than you can in the NBA. So yep. this, it is, uh, okay. you know, without knowing the full details of the disagreement between the two sides, it's kind of hard to really pinpoint a solution. Like for for us, the average Joe, to be like, hey, they should do this and be happy with it. That's you right. know, and so I'm sure there's more integral parts within the contract that are being negotiated about. I just I just don't understand why they don't start like talks the year prior, you know what I mean? So that way you kinda of avoid the lockout situation. In any sport, well, not just basketball. 
Well, it's interesting that you bring that up. So, um, you know, obviously every league has, you know, has had an opportunity to be a spectator to the NFL, who was the first league, the first professional league um, in recent history to have their CBA, their collective bargaining agreement expire, which was March of 2011. And then the NBA's collective bargaining agreement expired July 1, 2011. But what's interesting is Major League Baseball, their collective bargaining agreement expires in December 2011. And I, and I read a few reports that Major League Baseball said they're not going to be in the situation of the NFL or the NBA. They're actually, they've been going through their negotiation and they're hoping to have to, to be able to come to an agreement with their players union, um, but prior to the expiration of a collective bargaining agreement. So they're saying they're going to learn. Now, interesting, the, the NHL, National Hockey League, they're collective bargaining agreement expires in September of 2012. Um, also, uh, soccer, the soccer professional league, their collective bargaining agreement expires next year as well. And crazy enough, the Canadian Football League, their collective bargaining agreement expires in 2012 also. We've never seen in the history of sports all of these CBAs expiring in a short period of time. Unfortunately, the NFL came first. Now, this is what I found because, you know, Coach Woody, you know I covered the the NFL lockout, and I'm in the midst of covering the NBA lockout. And it's literally, it's almost, it's very sad to say, boring. Because it's the same thing. It's like I'm watching a repeat. The the two sides don't agree. Each side wants more money than the other side kind of situation. The sides are not talking. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. I can say this because, you know what, I'm not employed by the by the NBA. So I can say some things that you know other people might not be able to say, but I'm going to say it. Uh, they're being led by a a union rep that I don't think needs to lead them. So with, you know, the um, NFL, it was DeMorris Smith. And for the NBA, it is Billy Hunter, who has right. who, who has had the players' union for a long time. And I'm not saying that he's been ineffective in the past, but what I am saying is I just read something this morning, Coach Woody, that said Billy Hunter said the players should start their own league. Really? Are you really going to? Put that out into the universe and let the players be that confused and distracted. I mean, how do you feel about the way that this negotiation is actually going? I don't think that it's going at a rate that seems to have any kind of urgency. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think they came into it saying, you know what, we're not going to play. And then that's evident by the way a lot of the players early on was trying to get overseas to play. They already knew mm-hmm. that there was no – resolve to the problem that they're having, you know, with the owners and the, and the players' reps. So um, part of me want to say that it is a little circus or a way to uh, attract more attention. You know, they say, you know, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back to you, it was meant to be yours. If it doesn't, it was never meant to be. So I, I think they're trying to, like, make people miss the NBA, you know, as if the ratings were low or something. You know, it was like, let's let's get it back going. Let the public miss us a little bit, you know. Let us be the number one again, you know. But I think all that does, it makes it harder for the owners. It's because 
you know, basketball is such a large sport now. It's not like, you know, the NFL where it's, it's based in the United States. You know, there's, a, there's people that can go overseas and make money now and continue to play basketball. And the NBA is going to have to watch out because everyone, other league is starting to try to compete with the NBA. You know, and, okay. and if it becomes too, too hectic or, you know, something where the players can't get a grip around, they're very well may just go overseas and play, you know. And unfortunately, I love it as an athlete, as a basketball enthusiast. And then I kind of hate it because it, it tends to take away players from the game that, you know, especially I love, whether it be like college. With the college situation, you got to go two years in college. Someone may do like Brandon Jennings, come out of high school, since they can't go into the NBA. They instead of going to college because their grades aren't good, they just go overseas and play one year, two years, and then come back to the NBA as the number one That's pick, right. you know. So That's it's like right. you, you, right. you got to put a limit on something where, the players feel like they can get in or, or, you know, help them even more academically so they can get into a lot of these schools and instead of trying to forego their college careers. You know. um, but that's another subject we'll talk about. <laughs> we'll just say <laughs> yeah. We sure are going to. Well, I just want to, to point this out. The Associated Press, my lovely friends at Associated Press, in particular, John Krasinski, um, John, I hope I didn't butcher your your last name, but it's okay because you can butcher my last name next time you report from what I did. <laughs> John put out this great like, Q&A about, you know, what's going on with the NBA lockouts. I wanted to read a, read a couple of responses that was kind of interesting. Uh, one of the questions that he commonly has gotten as he's been covering the NBA lockout is what's the difference between disclaiming interest in the union and decertifying. So as people may have recognized, is that in in recent days, uh, a couple of NBA a couple of NBA players have been the lead names in the in the class action lawsuit, an antitrust lawsuit against the NBA. The two lead names that you're going to hear about in the news, if you haven't already, is Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant, who have led this antitrust lawsuit. Now, if you remember in the NFL, the NFL went through this big whole thing of decertifying and then being able to file this antitrust. So what John says at the Associated Press is, Krasinski, is, what he says is what it, that he gets this question, what is the difference between disclaiming interest in the union and decertifying? I kind of like that term. Like, I don't really like you right now. So we're not going to be with you, but we're not going to formally decertify. So his answer, his formal answer is that uh, it's timing more than anything else. Decertification is more is more of a formal process that requires a petition being signed and a waiting period of 45 to 60 days for the National Labor Relations Board, that's the NLRB, to conduct a full vote of the rank-and-file union members. Disclaiming interest, on the other hand, is a much quicker means to a, to a similar end, filing an antitrust lawsuit. It's also easier to reform a union if you disclaim interest. So Fellman said that should the players need to band together again to approve a new collective bargaining agreement, as the NFL players did in their labor fight uh, with, the, with the owners this summer. So, you know, obviously this article 
was was uh, very optimistic that this was going to happen in the summer. We're now obviously in the fall, almost going to the winter. Another question that I just want to bring out really quick is, so what's the difference between the labor cases of the NFL and the NBA? So John Krasinski of the Associated Press says the biggest difference is the timing of the union's dissolution. The NFL's union disbanded in March, almost six months before the 2011 regular season was scheduled to start. The reason is the previous collective bargaining agreement stated that if the players remained a union to the deal's expiration, they could not disband for six months. That prompted NFL players to disband the union the day the agreement expired, which also gave both sides months to fight out the battle in court before games were actually jeopardized. But there was no such clause in the NDA's deal. So the players continued negotiating with the owners through the summer and even after the first month of the regular season games were canceled. The problem with waiting to disclaim interest, however, is that checks and games already are being lost while the fight enters the slow and deliberate legal system. And so then there's a... The NFL owners and players had time to let the legal battle play out. The NBA owners and players don't, says Feldman. This has to be a quick legal strike, and unfortunately in our litigation system, there aren't many opportunities to get a quick legal strike. I mean, and that that is like the big difference that I see between the NBA and the NFL. They're just literally out of time. I mean, right. they're absolutely out of time. right. You know, I, I think that uh, with the NBA, um, I don't know. I, I think they have been doing well for so long. I think they just took it for granted, and and they should have maybe approached it like the NFL and and started the negotiations early enough where if you were going to miss part of your season, you just missed the training part. So like you're right. a month or so behind, and and guys got to you know either work out on their own, train on their own as a unit, uh, or else, you know, be a month behind. But I, I think they, they approached it wrongly as far as waiting to start mm-hmm. negotiations so late, you know, so close okay. to the upcoming season and to be put in the predicament they are in. I honestly believe this time last year they was already content and 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 fine with Coach- not having a season until February. I'm- I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you for just a minute because I'm, I'm gonna take a quick break for to make this clip YouTube friendly. Um, you've been listening live to the Jennifer Tebow Show. If you want to dial into the show, you can dial in at three four seven six three seven one eight three seven. Again, three four seven six three seven one eight three seven. All right. So you talking about something really important. You said, "Why the heck did they wait so long?" Well, you know, I. I really think, which, you know, of course, obviously, I'm the casual observer, but I'm thinking, I remember 1997, like it was yesterday. I remember watching the Sixers win a championship from a 50-game season, and I want to tell you, it hurt me. Like, it cut me deep, like to the white meat kind of cut me deep. (laughs) That's deep. It's deep. It cut me so deep. Because, for one, I mean, I'll tell you honestly, I'm a basketball fan. I didn't want to see the Spurs win in 1997. I really didn't. I'm just honest with you. You know, I mean, I'm going to call myself out as a basketball hater. I was a hater in 1997. I did not want to see the Spurs win. But, honestly, I, I mean, and you and I talked about this, you know, off radio. It's like you win with an asterisk when, it, when it's a short season. 
Right. And that's what we have right now. Right now, you got all the games lost for 2011. So we're probably looking at a season that's going to start in around when we would normally see an all-star game. So we're looking at, right. at best probably a 50-game season. Now, I know that the reports are acting like, oh, we've only lost a month. I'm like, please, you you are right about at a 50-game season. And in 1997, there was no all-star game. So you're talking about right. revenue for a city. Uh, you know, you're talking about a lot of revenue loss for players. Um, I saw a report that talked about the top ten players and what their weekly checks. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, NBA, NFL, all – most of the leagues, once they get going, they they pay their players weekly, right? Right. And the weekly right. checks are literally almost sickening. I mean, it's I mean, but I'm saying good for the guys because you can only make right. that type of money right. in a short period of time. But you've got you know players that are making like Kobe makes his weekly check is over a million dollars. It's like just over. It's a it's like a it's a few thousand over a million dollars a week. So you know, and you and all the players that they show, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, all of them, all the the top ten players, um, all of them made over like six hundred thousand in their check a week. A week people. And so this is hurting them big time because when you you know, I don't care what you say, I don't care if you feel like players are not financially savvy, they are, and they plan. They plan for this income like everybody else does. And so well, you know, when they look up and realize they don't have this money, it's, it, there's an impact. Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. And, and and the sad part about it is the players you just mentioned, um, they've been yeah. in the league for a while, so they should be able to have some kind of cushion to absorb this type of Hit, you know, uh, uh, lockout situation. Then you look at the younger players that may have been in the league for like three years, tops, or the ones who were just signed at the, you know, past NBA draft. These players uh, may have loans from the bank because they know they're about to be signed or their first-round picks, yep. which will sustain them for the time being. But then, you know, those other players that have been in the league three or four years are still like on the bottom tier of the team. Those those are the ones that are struggling. Those are the ones that you know that people think about going to McDonald's to get a part time job or somewhere. You may walk into well, a Walmart and see it working. You know, you know they well, they're doing what they exactly. You know they're doing what they got to do to to maintain and survive this this holdout. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of a sad issue that um, they don't have a better policy in place for the players going through this because same thing we discussed before about the insurance side of it. You know, how many of those those players have wives that are about to have babies or, or medical mm-hmm. insurance that are now dropped because of the lockout, you know, it, it affects everybody. When you mentioned that, uh, you know, them taking their time and the money that's being lost, you also got to remember that, that the receptionist is losing money. The little vendors on the corners are losing money. The little restaurants are losing money. All the small people are, are losing the money, and, and that's who's really affected. It's not affecting the Kobe's or the LeBron's. Or, I mean, of course, they're not getting what they're used to getting. And uh, I, it's just, it's just that they can still maintain. You know, I mean, if you have right. 100 million in the bank, and then someone says, "I'm not going to pay you for the next six months." 
you'll be like, all right, I just got a bunch of my hundred million, you know. But when you just barely got it, and you just bought this new house because you just got married, oh no, now I'm on a lockout. Now I ain't getting no money income coming in, and you're constantly okay. spending out. You know, it's 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 tough. It's a tough call for those younger players, you know. That's so. right. That's, that, that's exactly And I'm glad you brought up something very important, which is those loans. Most people don't realize a lot of these players, a good majority, have tried to take out loans to kind of weather the storm. But these loans are absolutely outrageous on the interest rate and, and the dollar amount that they're taking out. So it's very stressful. It's extremely stressful. And then, you, and, and then like you said, you've got players like, a Ray Allen who has a, a, a child with special health needs, and all right. of a sudden they health benefits on July 1, and now we have a new situation. I mean, these are still regular people with regular right. problems. Our NBA players, they have children with cancer. They're NBA right. players that have children with all kinds of special needs that, that health insurance was literally helping. Um, and so, you know, it is are just players that were that were scheduled to have surgery for themselves just to get for back themselves. into the Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, come on, just so they could be ready to play and they all of a sudden now have to pay for all of their own stuff. And I know and again I know people don't feel sorry for them, but right. look, it's not but there is no money tree for any player. It does run out. It's going to right. run out. And so and you can't a lot put a dollar amount. You can't put a dollar amount on on someone's health. So regardless of right. how much money you're making, it 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 doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if you got cancer or you got some kind of illness, you got it. You know, that's and it. you still got to take care of that. You know, so you can be the guy on the corner who has no money or which is men in line. You still got to take care and resolve that problem. So I mean. Money is great, but uh, it's not going to, you know, no one knows Ray Allen's kids, but Ray Allen's family and friends. No one knows those people. The people that are not in the spotlight are the ones that are really being affected by this. That is exactly right. Now, I'm going to switch subjects slightly for a minute. Uh, of course, okay. staying on basketball now, you know I've always had this this, this great riff with the riff. <laughs> <laughs> the riff with the riff. Riff with the riff. Even the refs aren't getting paid right now. They might be a little upset too. NBA yeah, refs. Yeah, I have a friend that's a referee uh, with the mm-hmm. NBA, with the college, with, and uh, uh, they are feeling the effects of it as well. Um, of course, you know, I can't discuss it uh, too right, much about right. the actual lockouts, but uh, you know, everyone is trying to find another means uh, to to bring in income. It's kind of interesting that the fact that, like, you would assume that a lot of people who are playing or refereeing or coaching have a backup plan, what I'm going to do when I get done. And the actual lockout has made people take a a second look at their future now, you know, because a lot of, like, the referee friend of mine, he's now saying, well, I'm thinking about getting into this and that and this, you know, stuff that you would have thought he would have thought about prior, you know, but... You know, if any positive thing come out of this lockout, hopefully it's given the players and the referees and the coaches and anyone else within the NBA uh, organization uh, opportunity to think about maybe their future, life after basketball, life after, you know, what's going on because he is finally starting to think about, like, okay, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do that. 
although you know that it will be resolved. The NBA is not going to stay out. You know, my my biggest thing with lockouts is just give them time to lose enough money. And once they lose enough money, they go <laughs> negotiate anything they have to get some more money coming back in. So, for both sides, really. I mean, that, I mean both that's sides. Really for both sides. That's exactly right. Obviously, <laughs> that's exactly what I say, too. Obviously, we're not at a point where both sides have felt enough pain yet. Because if if, right. if if felt enough pain, they would be like, well, we can't lose a dollar more. We, we're hungry and thirsty. <laughs> Our family. Right. You know? They just not. I mean, they just not. They just not in enough pain yet. I mean, that's just. Right. That's just. Well, I tell you, I'm just gonna tell you honestly. I mean, because you know, I'm really hard on referees, and I'm just gonna put it out into the universe. And you know, they said if you don't name it and claim it, it doesn't happen. Oh, I right. sure hope. I hope Joey Crawford goes ahead and retires. I just, <laughs> just you know, it's time. I'm tired of seeing his reign. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. And you know what? I hope he comes on to the Jennifer Tebow show because I have I have so many questions to ask him from the 80s all the way to right now as to how he officiated some games in particular. I have some games in particular, some NBA finals. Houston fan, Houston fan over there, right? You are from Houston, right? Houston fan. I'm just, you know, I'm going to say it. I just, you know, it's just, it just didn't look right. I'm just telling you some things that just haven't looked right. And, you know, I mean, I would for him to defend himself. And, you know, but I'm just going to take the way that he officiates. This doesn't look right. And he's, he's such a tenured referee. He's always right. in the right. finals and playoffs. And that's what the referees do, the very tenured ones. And supposedly the good ones, and I know you can't see this, Coach Woody, but I'm putting air quotes on this. The good ones are <laughs> the NBA playoffs, and there are some very good ones, but then you have, you know, you look at Joe Crawford, and I'm not saying his brother umpires in Major League Baseball like like he does in in a, in, in the NBA. I'm not going to necessarily say that because this is a basketball show, but wait till I get to a, a baseball <laughs> show and I can talk about that. Right, all I'm saying right. is in the DNA. That's all I'm going to say. It is in the DNA, the way that they do things. And, you know, so hopefully the referees, and this is shout-out to all the referees, take the time to have a little reform and, you know, ref the game right. You know, you don't want a little five-foot woman like me yelling from the sidelines, talking bad about you, talking about where you came from, you know, all of that. You don't want that. Just ref the game properly because, you know, I don't have a son like LeBron James that will tell me to sit down. Right, right. His mother, who got upset at the referee, see, I don't have that time. Nobody's going to chastise me. I'm going 100% in to the referees. That's probably why right. I don't like me to say right. you know, right. I'm just saying that's the way I am. Okay, you know, I, I have to come back now. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're I mean, away. You know, the referees, that's, that's the touchy subject with you. Touchy, it's touchy. And folks, <laughs> you guys don't know, Coach Woody has been around me even watching youth basketball, and I am hard from youth basketball all the way to NBA basketball. So there's a couple of referees that probably see me in their nightmares right now. Um, oh, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> And a couple have actually told me, they're like, they kind of change the way they ref when they see me on the sideline. I'm like, good, because, I mean, the way I saw them ref initially, it was horrible. 
Absolutely well, you know what horrible. you do. Okay. You know what you do, Jennifer. You just keep them on their toes. You know, and and, and I, I think that in a in a way they do appreciate that. They may not want to admit it, but when when you're dealing with so many youth games, you can get you have a tendency to lose yourself into just a game. Like, okay, well, it's just you. Nothing really important. But then you make them, yeah, you make them be accountable. You make them say, look, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, you can't have to do anything. So, I mean, luckily we're on a radio show. I can't say what I want to say, but, you know, you, you <laughs> and I'm sure you know what I want to say. <laughs> the chicken you know salad, you know. <laughs> I'm ready but you, our audience. So yeah, you can say it now. Now we might just have a show that 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 I rate M for mature, and then we can go all in. I'm right. Ready. I'm, I'm totally ready. Okay, but let me tell you this, Coach Woody. I had on my list that we were going to talk about college, and we were going to talk about youth basketball. <laughs> and we're forty-five minutes in. Okay, so I think it's appropriate to actually wrap it up. Now, for those of you who are listening to Blog Talk Radio, I think the show is going to end in just a moment. I'm going to go a few seconds longer. There you go. We've got 10 seconds left. I'm going to go a few seconds longer. So if you want to listen to the last little bit of the show, definitely listen to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Jennifer Tebow. You can catch the last few seconds of the show. Coach Woody, I so absolutely appreciate you for joining the show. I've got to have you back. We actually need to do a spinoff, and I've, and I've said that before, so we're going to work on that in the next couple of weeks and do our spinoff show. Ustream.tv followers, thank you so much. I appreciate you following the show. I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of my time to make this clip YouTube-friendly, so please make sure that, that, that you come every day, Monday through Friday, listen to the Jennifer Tebow Show. I want to sign off of Ustream. Bye, Ustream people. Uh, I I really appreciate you guys. But for Blog Talk Radio, again, you can always listen to the Jennifer Tebow Show Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. If for some reason I mix, if for some reason I miss 6 a.m. is not on purpose, just forgive me. I'll say 6 a.m. ish, and you always. <laughs> so sometime in the morning, at some point, you know, we're not like a traditional radio show. I try to do 6 a.m. because it works very well for my schedule but it doesn't always work out. I appreciate all of the followers and all of the time and attention that you take to the Jennifer Tebow Show. I am for Blog Talk Radio folks and those who also are interested in listening to Ustream.tv. I am going to do my trending topics that I that didn't happen yesterday. I'm going to do another show today, so you'll be able to catch that as well. It won't be on Blog Talk Radio. You'll only catch it exclusively on Ustream.tv. TV. All right, so that is actually it. I'm still broadcasting live, but I'm no longer recording the show. Coach Woody, do you have any parting words? All right, just appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to a spinoff. And like always, you know, it's always great talking with you. It's like talking to family, coming and talking with you. So I appreciate it. Very good. Excellent. All right, so you guys. Have a a wonderful day. Again, this is Friday. It's it's wonderful Friday right before a holiday. Yes, I am broadcasting next week if you're curious. Probably not on Thanksgiving Day, but crazy me might be doing it anyway. You just never know. I don't know about 6 a.m. on on Turkey Day, although I'm probably, like, be knee-deep in, like, stuffing something at 6 a.m. So we we shall see. That means you got to stay tuned next week. Today is Friday, November 18, 2011. 
Love that you guys have hung in there with me. Again, Coach Woody, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Jennifer Tebow Show. I'll see you guys soon. (laughs) 